Comic Book Club News gives you the comic book news you need to know first thing in the morning every weekday in the form of digestible three to five minute long podcasts. Comic Book Club News recaps breaking news stories from Marvel, DC Comics, and beyond Monday through Friday. New episodes drop 6 a.m. ET in the Comic Book Club News feed so they're ready for you when you're ready for the day. Comic Book Club News. You hear it second or third, possibly fourth. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., This is a podcast from Minute Media. Dark, a podcast about the CW's Riverdale that just wants to make a little deal with you. No big deal. I'm Alex. When you walk into a diner looking for a little plate of eggs, just remember every diner manager in every town in this country has made their own deal with their own devil. I'm Justin. Hey, I'm Pete. And we are going to be talking about Riverdale Season 6, Episode 3, Chapter 98, Mr. Cypher. Now, we are by Cypher. the end of this episode. Cypher. Yes, my favorite X-Men yeah. character. Is that who you're yeah. pointing out, Pete? Thank you yeah. very much. I really appreciate it. It's and good. that seems very related to the episode, too. So to give you a little bit of a recap here, we are now more than halfway through the five-episode Rivervale event, which finds the characters we know and love in the middle of a dark, disturbing alternate universe where the supernatural is real. In the first episode, Archie Andrews was sacrificed still to the dead. old gods to <laughs> bring back <laughs> the Maple Does anybody miss him? Still dead. Anybody He's still dead. Referenced. Also, Does not anybody? even referenced. Yeah, not, nobody mentions him even. Not even this a point. little bit. And I, last episode, time. Tony Topaz sacrificed herself to save the town, as well as her baby Anthony from La Verona, the water oh, Did I do it? Just I like a fine Stop. line, your pronunciation Why? of that is Why really you developing. Why into that fire? You, we escaped Don't even that try. Fire. We were away from it. it was, <laughs> yeah. Water ghost. She saved her Good. baby from water ghost. And that also doesn't get referenced this episode. In fact, of course, Tony is off screen, but also Cheryl is off screen the entire time. But to bring you up to speed on the remaining characters in Rivervale, Jughead and Tabitha are living together. Jughead has created his own newspaper at the school that is going to tell the truth about everything. Tabitha is working at Pops now with Pop himself. He has returned from retirement in Florida to help her out, which is very nice. Everybody loves Pop, so it's good to see him back again. Reggie and Veronica are dating and wheeling and dealing literally in this episode, and they've been working to create a casino, not with the approval of the new board of Riverdale, the incorporated town of Riverdale, I guess, which is comprised of (laughs) Alice, 
I guess R.I.P. Toadie, Tabitha, and Frank, who also doesn't show up this episode. Oh, but yeah. Alice in particular shot down the idea for a casino, and then Reggie and Veronica said, mm, we're going to do it anyway. Uh, and yeah. that pays off this episode in a very big way. That's sort of the central thing going on here. And last but not least, Betty has been tangling since the time jump with a serial killer called the Trash Bag Killer, wow. a.k.a. TBK, a.k.a. The Burger King. And he... <laughs> Chopped up people, put them in trash bags. She is now an FBI agent in both Riverdale and Rivervale. Uh, she was mm. also, and this is, I have questions about this. She was dating a guy named Glenn, who she was working with, who was her superior. They had a falling Where's out because he was kind of a jerk. Uh, and he is, Where's... I believe, yeah, he's taking care of her cat, Toffee, as far as we know, who also, again, doesn't get referenced in this episode, which is very weird. No, don't they reference Toffee. Burn it. They what, when they were like when the woman calls and says, um, "Hey, have you seen Glenn? His wife, a cat named Toffee, is looking for, <laughs> for him." Oh, okay. Is he that, spent that was, so much that, time with Toffee. Married. Uh, he married coffee. the cat. It's obvious. Okay. Is that not clear to anyone? Else? <laughs> that was not clear. No. no. When he clear. showed up, he was covered in cat hair because he's there been, was that sound in the background. I remember that sounded like a cat in a cat briefcase. Is it too yeah, hard in post for somebody to just casually walk by and just the cat's fine? You know what I mean? Like, just give us something. <laughs> you want you want a random voice to say I don't cats care. fine? I, put a title card up. I don't care at this point. <laughs> but this is too much. Just in the it's middle of news. other scenes. It's cats fine. Piece of cats news. fine. And then just, yeah. Before we move on, though, Alex did uh, say the words cat briefcase, and I just owe it to everyone to <laughs> just explain once that. again what that is. A cat briefcase is a briefcase that holds a cat, and at one end there's food, and at the other end there's a litter box <laughs> so that the cat can live in a contained environment. Mm. And, and I believe you pitched this by Roberto Aguirre-Sacasa, the showrunner of Riverdale on our podcast. Why would you pitch it to him? And He's he, not uh, he approved it. it. He, he said it's it. canonical. If I, I'm not going to listen back to what he said, but it's canonical. Why would you? He, he said it, it exists in the show, and we have actually started a, a, an online business selling cat briefcases. <laughs> the hard part, the Where legal. Where's the vents? There's got to be a lot of vents in there. Otherwise, yeah, there's a vent up top. And let me be honest: keep your nose keep your nose away from that vent. It smells it's bad. One vent up top. It's up at the top by the handle. Here's oh the, the legal God. hurdle we're encountering: is making sure that people put the cat in the right way. <laughs> they put it in backwards. It's eating kitty litter and pooping on food. And yeah, you don't that's want your that. slogan, right? <laughs> don't put the cat in backwards. Exclamation yeah. point. Wait, cats it's eat so food. skinny the cat can't move at all? Cats are skinny. Oh, they are skinny. God. They can get under doors and stuff. What they find out their skull and spine and this. whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, Roberto's <laughs> leaving the show to focus on the business, so no worries. <laughs> and that's where the phrase flat as a cat comes from. So let's exactly. move on with exactly. the rest of the show. Make so it a little stuff. wider for the cats, man. Come on, dude. This sounds just inhumane. This, it's starting this to sound suitcase. like Pete is all in on this now. I got Pete's, He's coming around. And he's let's remember Pete's pitch. He wants, and he's a great businessman. He wants to put a title card in the middle of Rivervale that says "Cats Fine" on it. Cats Fine. <laughs> Maybe instead of the Rivervale title card, Cats Fine. Yeah. Cats that fine. comes up. Yeah, yeah. Right after the first ten minutes. So, just uh, broadly, I wanted to say I think this is the first episode of Rivervale where I was all into it at the beginning. I've enjoyed the previous episodes, but I think purposefully the way that they built it, the first episode, you're like, what's going on here? I'm not totally familiar yes. with this world. The second episode, everybody's like, what's this about ghosts? What's happening? And this is the first episode where everybody was like, yeah, devil's real. It's cool. <laughs> let's, let's move on from here. Just, and well, I love that. Like, it was just it. so much more fun in this episode to just be all in on the wildness of the supernatural world. I thought it was great. I agree. Great episode. This is my favorite of the three so far that we've seen. This one felt the cleanest. The characters were um, getting to be just great versions of themselves. Don't Reggie was that. so funny in this episode, just being like, babe, it's fine. He ju I just sold your soul. We're cool, right? <laughs> like all that stuff was so fun. Jughead reacting to Jughead. The infinite Jughead loop that we saw oh, here was great. Too much just a great head. episode. And also shot really well. The mm -hmm. scary moments with the devil's true face showed a couple times were great. The devil putting his hand uh, almost on Alice's shoulder in the scene with Veronica, just really beautifully made. I thought this was a great episode. Yeah. Pete, how are you feeling about this? I So I agree with a lot of the shots and like the, the kind of person who played the devil was really good. Um, 
Yeah, there was a lot of really fun moments, but, uh, you know, I didn't, uh, the Betty stuff, she kind of was off on her own a lot of it. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, she was pushed, you know what I mean? She was kind of pushed. So, um, I, yeah, I, I, I did think that by the third thing of this, you're like, we're in a rhythm now of like, okay, this is what's going on. Anybody can die. The Kevin part was just, it was, it hurt. You know what I mean? Like the poor Kevin, just like immediately signing, like immediately going for it. Uh, and the, the kind of Finn, uh, Fangs thing was really funny. Um, do but, you think uh, they have a triplet named Foom? I think so. <laughs> mm. Definitely. So close. Ooh. Let's so let's talk about this individually by storyline because again, they they actually weave really nicely with each other, even though they are on these separate trains. Um, but I think we can talk about them each separately in turn. And just a little note: the the actor who plays Lou Cipher is named Oliver Rice. He's been on a lot of different stuff in Canada, in particular. I thought it was an interesting choice to not have Lucifer from Sabrina, but. Yeah. Still fun actor. I thought he did a great job, and he was in almost every scene. So that yeah. was pretty cool. He was great. Why don't we start with the Betty stuff? Because that oh, is probably on, the most minimal footprint of the episode, but hey. most maximum footprint in hey. Pete's heart. Yeah, oh, wow. take it easy. I was getting there. Don't minimize Betty like that. So in this storyline, Betty gets a call from Glenn telling her that the Glenn. trash bag Close. killer has been taken to Rivervale and they want a interrogation to find out where his victims were. She, They want a confession from him. It turns out it's not actually him at all. It's actually the devil masquerading the devil. as him. And over the course of the storyline, we get to hear Hal Cooper is in hell, Polly yeah. is in hell, and then ultimately the devil lured Glenn there, dressed him up as the trash bag killer. Betty kills him with a scissor and buries him under the floorboards, Edgar Allan Poe style. So yeah. what did you think about this arc for Betty? Pete, you seem pretty emotionally affected by it. Well, yeah, I felt like it was, um, you know, Betty was kind of lured into this trap and, um, you know, like, you know, you think she has the upper hand at one point because she gets the call from, quote unquote, the real Glenn, where he's like, there's no investigation. We don't know, you know, what you're talking about. So then um, you, she kind of goes back in and you keep waiting for her to be like, you know, pull the kind of thing off of it. But uh, she plays along and you think she's playing along and then it's kind of flipped on her when she realizes, oh, this is the devil. This is like a lot bigger than I thought. I'm in trouble here. Well, I mean, the real takeaway is Betty is evil here. Whoa, 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 whoa. Right? No. I think that's what she thinks. Mm-hmm. She takes I mean, she kills Glenn. And then covers it up. She was just, forced to kill Glenn. Well, I, I think this is forced. I mean, she was, she was kind forced. of pushed into a corner. And you know eh. what they say about babies in a corner. You can't do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, always put the baby. In to the your corner. point, Justin, I think this is one of the pleasures of this Rivervale event is they're able to take the characters to places they can't take them in regular Riverdale. And Betty always says this line that she's not going to cross, that she skirts up against. She's always wondered about her darkness. Does she have the serial killer gene in her? Can she kill mm-hmm. somebody? Obviously, she killed her first cat. We don't know what's going on with Toffee. We won't get into that mm-hmm. again. I but mean, come on. here, she does cross that line for the first time. She's told she's evil, and it pushes her to do something evil. And that's what she's dealing with at the end of the, end of the episode. It'll be interesting to see how much of that goes into the next episode because we've also seen a separation in terms of the plot, almost anthology style from episode to episode here. But certainly I think that's what they're doing here is pushing Betty past the point she normally can go. Right. Yeah, I agree. And we did see her have a pretty strong hand in killing Archie recently. So um, I do think this was, uh, that feels pretty much like not, a confirmation that she's evil, but this is what she's grappling with here is the actual evilness. And this is also something that I want to clarify since I've seen a lot of discussion about this online. The way that I'm thinking about this, this is Rivervale Betty. This is not right. Riverdale Betty. They are right. two characters in two alternate universes and they share a lot of characteristics, but I feel like for example, last episode there was a lot of discussion about the Jughead Tabitha fight and they're like, ooh, this relationship's really toxic. 
It's like, no, it isn't toxic. They were possessed by ghosts. That's what's going on here. So all of this stuff is pushing that stuff to the extreme. And you can look at those character traits for these characters in Rivervale, but understand that's not the full picture of who they are as characters going forward through the rest of season six. It's just part of them. Do you feel like you're in an alternate crazy dimension when when you're arguing that stuff online or how you a little bit, a little bit. Ever just want to check in? Are you checking? Am I? Is this is this confirmation that you're evil as well? The Uh, fact that you're on there murdering other people's opinions. Oh, does anybody want me? I can channel people from hell if you guys want to. Just just real quick, just sort of lay my head down a little bit and be like. Oh, Betty, pretty Betty. Please stop. Oh, that's pretty good. Thank Please you. stop. Thanks so much. I, I know you, you can never be a killer, <laughs> not for the moral part, because you will. Mm. You could easily kill. It's just messy. And yeah, the garbage bags. Exactly. There's too much cleanup, honestly. Like, yeah. it's the same thing with Thanksgiving. That's why I don't do Thanksgiving. But I do, I should mention, if anybody is interested, I dress up as the trash bag killer, and I go to Times Square, and I take pictures with people, if anybody <laughs> wants to check it out. Very niche. How much do you charge for the pictures? Uh, five dollars. Five dollars. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, one of those, I just run around in a trash bag killer costume, no shirt on, grabbing people's babies and demanding five dollars. I think it's fine. Yeah, that counts. No, that's um, low key because the stuff that's actually happening. In hey, Times don't Square talk is to worse. me about Loki. He keeps stealing my business in Times Square. Okay, <laughs> that guy's an uh, asshole. Wow. The uh, now, let me ask you this. Is this? Do you think Trash Bag Killer is going to continue on past the River Vale event, and that's going to be? A I thing? hope not. And if so, I mean, this is sort of a way of saying that Glenn, because we've speculated that Glenn is the Trash Bag Killer. There's no other character that makes sense to be the Trash Bag Killer besides <laughs> yeah, Glenn. It could be Toffee at this point. Exactly. That's those I would are the two most likely revenge for being ignored for this long, and if it's not the cat, I would be surprised. I think it could go either way to answer what you're actually asking, right. Justin. I was a little confused about the continuity of what was going on here, and I understand the devil's involved, so there's trickery and whatever else. But <laughs> TBK was there, and then Glenn called and was back at his office, and we saw him in his office, and yep. then he was also TBK, and then he was under the floorboard. So my assumption is that Glenn in Rivervale Glenn was killed and stuffed under the floorboards by Betty, but I don't know when he got there. Presumably after Betty talked to him on the phone in her bedroom. Yeah, I think we're doing some devil trickery here. Okay. Um, but, to make that happen. But to your point, I think this is either, yes, confirmation that Glenn is TBK, and I think we will see TBK more in season six, the real TBK, or that he's not because they're telling us he is. Oh, nice. So you're saying he either is or is not? What just happened? What a great, what a revelation. You should tweet that. (laughs) Oh, God. Riverdale theory. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. Riverdale theory. Something's going to (laughs) happen. Or not. Or maybe not. Will 42 minutes of things happen on next week's episode? Let's, Let's find out. Let's find out. Uh, what do you think, Justin? Um, I, I mean, I think I think we could let Trashbag Killer go after this because um, it, it feels like to me to go back into it and be like still like when Betty has now killed him and Glenn, that ties it up. And we're going to go back and have that be an <laughs> ongoing nice thing. Nice little trash bag. Nice little trash bag. It's neat. It's yeah. clean. Yeah. All the blood is mopped up and off we go. Um I, so I'm I'm ready to let it go because Betty's going to have to do more stuff like um, kiss Archie. So, oh, but he's also dead. If Glenn's dead, then Archie's dead. They're all dead. I guess we will see or not see or see or not see. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So that's Betty's storyline. We can touch on other things uh, later on as we go back through it. Why don't we talk about Jughead interviewing oh, the devil? Yes. Oh, this man. one so much was fun. fun. Ah, so good. So Jughead, finding out that the devil is real from Tabitha, we'll jump back to Tabitha in a second here, he immediately gets the idea to interview the devil for his school newspaper that he works Mm. at, and he does. Adult school newspaper. Yes, but the... (laughs) But the devil makes a deal with him. He basically says, okay, you can publish this and you'll never write a word again, or 
I will tell you my whole story. You can keep it to yourself for the rest of your life. You'll be able to write beautiful, beautiful words, but you'll never publish anything again. So either way, he's dead as a dead of the water as a writer. But ultimately, what Jughead chooses, he finds out the truths of the universe, publishes them in the newspaper, becomes yeah, the look famous. on his face after the interview was great. hysterical. Great. Cole Sprouse in this whole episode was fantastic and so yeah. much fun. Uh, Honestly, and then I ultimately want him... he chooses to sell his soul, so the de- devil still gets what he wants at the end of the episode. But go ahead, Justin. I'm going to say I want him doing live narration, uh, on-camera narration in every episode. I think it's so fun. It ties the episodes up really, in a really nice way. I would see it, especially in this moment, like I said earlier, when we get to see Jughead, the narrator, reacting to Jughead uh, in the scene. I love. That was so fun. Well, what did you think about that moment? Beyond it being fun, there's been a lot of speculation about a multiverse of Jugheads, and we oh know that God. episode 100, the title of it is The Jughead Paradox. So I almost expected <laughs> the scene for Jughead at the typewriter to turn back and do like the flea bag thing of, wait, who are you? What's going on here? Yeah. I yeah. think we're going to get that. I was going to say, that feels like the fifth episode. Because like something like this, you use the last episode. That's when you break the machine that you've built. That is Rivervale. And I think we can call out all of that stuff when mm-hmm. this show has gone so crazy. And so like well, through the looking glass, literally that I think in that fifth episode, we're going to go all the way. Yeah. But in the next episode, we're going to get Sabrina, right? Yes. Next episode is Sabrina. Cheryl uh, is apparently in every scene of the next episode. And we're going to go back in time and explore the Blossom family through stories with Nana Blossom as she lies on her deathbed or something like that. Uh, and Sabrina, ostensibly, I think, is coming to help save Nana Rose from whatever curse she's under. Save. So we'll that see. should be pretty fun. You mean the curse of just being <laughs> wicked old? <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know. She swallowed a lot of water last episode after she La Rorona came in. Don't, why would you? Nope. No, no, why would Ab- you do that? Ab- that's, that's like the, you know Stop. how it's like rolling an R? You're doing like the, water. you're like eating it. This is you're like just... swallowing well, it. Well, that's what, when I go to a restaurant, I always <laughs> oh, order please. a corona. <laughs> oh my God. What is happening? <laughs> this is the worst. Wow. What a, that's the least sexual rolled R I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jughead, this whole thing of him, like, first off, the fact that, the AP calls like, hey, you run a school newspaper. Could I publish your interview with the devil story? Uh, super fun. Wild idea. Yeah. Wait, I uh, hold on. The I wanted to read off. Oh, I, I forgot to, where I wrote it down. Uh, but the whole thing, he was like, you may know him as Lucifer, the Lord of Fly-. That was the subhead for the thing. It was yeah. very funny. My favorite thing was Sam Pansky calling up. And he's like, hot dog, agent. Hot dog yep. agent doesn't ask about hot dogs, but it's like, because I be, what are you writing next? The pages. <laughs> so, give me the pages. Great. He was eating I, a hot dog. I guarantee that. Oh, yeah. 100%. Unless it, that was also the devil, which is possible. Uh, but that whole sequence was great. I loved Jughead's smile when ultimately he writes at the end and he writes down Jughead Jones is damned for all eternity. Great. What did you think about – there was a lot of discussion about this online. What did you think about the typewriter being back together? Literally, I love the duct tape on the typewriter. It's so fun. But, I mean – Right down the middle of it because that's how you would fix it. If I'm Tabitha, that's concerning Mm -hmm. from a love standpoint. Does – because he's in love with the typewriter. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, that would make a lot of sense. Um, Well, he does say it's – if he's not a writer, he's nothing, so – He's going to need that typewriter. That's right. Or a laptop. If I can't suggest any harder to get that dude a laptop. Yeah, it was kind of amazing that he was able to upload the interview with the devil from his typewriter. That was pretty cool, though. (laughs) Pretty amazing. Yeah. Uh, So that storyline was pretty fun. Why don't we move on to the Tabitha one while we're touching on the whole Jabitha of it all. So this one, Pop has a heart attack after seeing the devil, gets sent to the hospital. As you do. And it turns out that his grandfather, I believe, made a deal with the devil that got passed down. Or was it his father? It was his father. It was his father. It was right. Okay. But before we move off of Jughead, I know we already have, but what, sure. what would you do with that deal? The deal of uh, write forever in obscurity or create whatever you want to say or um, publish once and then never again? 
find fame but never be able to practice your art again? I mean, I'll give my real answer and then I'll think about this for a second while Pete uh, answers because I was definitely thinking about this during the episode. I would simply not take that deal because there is no way you're getting out of that with your soul intact. I'd just be like, no, I'm good. Don't tell me your story. Continuing your philosophy, continuing your philosophy of either doing something or not doing something, you're going (laughs) to choose to not do it. Well, that's the thing. They were like, okay, let's talk about options. And they, he just threw out two and he was cool with it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, uh, let's throw, throw some back, like see what other things you can Mm -hmm. do. Like, let's say I, I, I publish your thing, but then I can write one thing after, you know, like maybe just just one more good thing. And then I can retire off of that. You know what I mean? Right. I would still publish because I, I would publish ultimately. Like I would do that because I could still podcast, you know, that's not right. <laughs> still true. create. So, still yeah, all that money in podcasting. You mm-hmm. just kind of, yeah. Just do you do think that Jughead could or... still text? Well, <laughs> you think, or is that text. considered? Hey, what's up, Jabitha? It's like, yeah. blah, 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 blah. <laughs> <laughs> She's I like, mean, oh, Jughead's thinking of me. Yeah, well, that just, should be part of the negotiations. Like, I yeah. should be able to still text. Can I text? Can I write short poems? Or, um, can I dirty write a limericks? Meme? Can I write dirty limericks? Oh, I mean, man. that's a more of a of a real punishment. It's only being able to write dirty limericks for the rest yeah. of your what life. What would you choose? Uh, I would definitely do um, continue on in, in obscurity. I take really? pleasure in the craft. Oh, boy. All right. I take the money. Nice. Take, yeah, take the money. Or you can see what's behind door number three. Exactly. Sucker. <laughs> you choose no, door number three every time. you say, no deal, devil, get away from me. That's, that's, no. You don't want to hear the devil's story? He's talked about where he grew up. I don't know. Well, I've he, been hearing it my whole life. Come on. Yeah, Here's I the know. Bible. I'm good. Oh, you I get it. I get the cliff notes. Okay. You throw the Bible at the devil. I, I excuse me, sir. I know <laughs> your story. Snake, you're the snake guy. Hit him in the chest with the oh, Bible. Yeah. Uh, you want to hear about the snake time? Anyway, uh, I thought it was funny. Jughead's barely a writer anyway, so the fact that he was like, <laughs> "Oh no, I write gobbledygook." It's like, okay, you spend half the time complaining about having writer's block or writing something your friend did. Hey, come on, man. <laughs> yeah, you don't need the devil for that, Jughead. Moving back to Tabitha, though. So one of the interesting thing about this storyline is this pretty much canonizes a story that we've talked about a bunch on the podcast. Riverdale Number no. 6, published by Archie Comics, was an anthology story that told a couple of short tales set in Pops, and one of them had this story where Pops' dad sold his soul to the devil uh, and the devil comes, made a deal with the devil, and the devil comes in and has burgers every once in a while. So very fun to see them work that stuff into here, though, albeit I think there were like a couple of details slightly changed, but still very, very fun. If you want to check that out, Riverdale number six, or I think it's collected in the second volume of Riverdale from Archie Comics. But ultimately, Tabitha, because she's so nice and Pop is so nice, they went over, uh, they have a special visitor who comes to Pop's. Pete, you must have been stoked about this. One of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles comes and yeah, saves the Raphael, day. Raphael, yeah. That was so cool. Cool but rude. <laughs> yeah. That was Heaven's awesome. own Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And, I, and yeah. I loved, I loved, that was a really good disguise. Like, normally the turtles' disguises are not very good. They're like hats yeah. and fedoras. But here you could barely tell he was a turtle. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it was obvious when he kept saying cowabunga, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he ordered the pizza. Yeah. It's super obvious. Well, yeah. I have the pizza, dude. <laughs> I'm your guardian angel. Take these tears of the Virgin Mary and, you know, put them in the milkshake. <laughs> As love- for one last milkshake, won't be able to resist. Come on. I love being an angel. <laughs> So, yes, this angel gives them the tears of the Virgin Mary, which they use to trick the devil, kick him out, and consecrate Pops to get ready for the final battle between good and evil, which does seem like something that is going to pad out somehow over these next two episodes. I guess we'll have to see how that happens. Um, But I thought this was very fun, and it was nice to see Tabitha have a storyline where she's not like, I'm just all about supporting Jughead, or I'm all about supporting Betty. And granted, she was helping out Pop here, but it was also very much her on her own, doing her thing, and I thought that was great. Yeah, I also really liked how there was this idea of Pops as the soul of uh, Riverdale, or Riverdale. Yeah. Yes. I think that's a cool... Are you crying? Uh, Peter, are you crying? <laughs> no, no, I, I just think it's, it's a cool... Are you crying cool... milkshakes? 
Yeah. Craig <laughs> Milkshake here. We just got should... one more. Just one last milkshake. <laughs> um, yeah, I think that uh, I really agree with that. And I also like the use of pops in this episode. Um, and yeah, I just think it was a good kind of storyline for uh, Tabitha and a fun just kind of exploration of uh, how great Pops' milkshakes are. You know what I mean? Um, yes. Good devil approved. Um, yeah. I thought this was great too. Tabitha is really starting to become a power player in, in the Riverdale television experience. She's the only one that beats the devil. She uh, gets to... Uh, Veronica. Veronica kind of beats the devil. No. Veronica becomes uh, in service to the devil. Yeah, yeah. Well, she seems she happy of, about. She's like, yeah, just one soul a week. I was like, damn, a week? That's yeah, a lot of that's souls. A lot that's of a souls. lot. Come on. Like, yeah, come that's on. That's basically as many people as live in Rivervale, probably. Yeah. It's going to be getting down to it. She's like, hey, um, Jughead, uh, you want to come? <laughs> Amber? Yeah, that's going to get tight quick. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I. I do think Tabitha, she actually defeats, her and Pop defeat the devil, kick him out the front door, rub the the Jesus juice on the door, making it, like, nice. Uh, it's good It's good stuff. Yeah, rubbing that Jesus juice. Love it so I much. Do, I do like how uh, Pop threw the devil out, like, old school style. Like, you get out of here! Yeah. He threw the devil out like DJ Jazzy Jeff flew out yeah, of the, exactly. uh, <laughs> the house in Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, yeah. which I thought was cool, too. Now, did you when they were like, it's either the diner or your soul? I was like, diner, dude, get that diner out there. Wait, what do you mean? I'm yeah, saying then you can't have one last milkshake, though, if you get rid of the diner. I said I thought it was a, the deal was they were like the, the soul it being the soul of Rivervale. And that's why the devil wants it to burn it to the ground. I thought that was such an interesting deal i like the way they played it because out of the gate when the devil was like it's either the diner or your soul i was like i feel like i'm ready to give up the diner business yes well, that's what tabitha was saying she was like yeah yeah no problem the diner well then- how on that note how do you think what's your speculation about how this potentially is going to play out given that it pops is the soul of Rivervale. It's going to there's going to be some sort of battle between good and evil. Again, we don't know if it's going to happen next week or in the fifth episode or maybe even further down the line potentially. But what does that mean? Does that mean the good folks hanging out in Pops and the bad folks going to Thornhill or something or the casino? I guess. Yeah, I think the final battle will be at Pops, uh, which makes a lot of sense even without this episode as sort of the hub of where the gang hangs out and where they will make their stand. Yeah. Yeah. Against what, though? Is it against Mr. Cypher? Is it against something else? I think it's going to be everybody versus Cheryl. Mm. Oh, interesting. I feel like that's what we've been setting up uh, to finally erase the sins that have come before. Yeah, interesting. I guess we'll have to see what happens with that. Why don't we move over and talk about Veronica's storyline, Veronica and Reggie's storyline, excuse me, because that's the big bulk of the episode. Um, But actually before, well, not before we do, but just as a quick little bit of setup, they finally open up their casino, the Babylonian Casino. Alice does not like it at all. She thinks it's a hell. And is this, real quick, just so I know, is this underneath, underneath? Like how many layers below Pops is this casino? They don't (laughs) specify. Okay. Because I'm just wondering, you know, because the devil shows up, so it's got to be down there. You know what I mean? I did. I I had a similar note where I was like, well, surely, I know they are opening a casino, but surely there's an extra casino out back that they're also (laughs) running. I loved how big this set was. Like, I don't know if they built it out at a soundstage or if it was digital effects or exactly how they worked it, but it's the sort of thing of like, normally you have one story on these things and that's pretty much it. Here, it felt big. It felt like a casino. Um, that's hard to do. So however or wherever they shot this, I thought it was very fun. Um, the thing I wanted to touch on very briefly, though, is Kevin's storyline, once again, is very side to everything that's going on. But as Pete mentioned earlier, Kevin is, is already performing at the casino and then sells his soul away to perform at the casino, uh, which is <laughs> kind of a bad deal. And to get fangs back. And to be yeah. fangs. But he doesn't get fangs. Not he gets fangs. Finn. 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 Yes, Finn, Finn. Yeah. Yes. Uh, but that was very funny. But kind uh, of, you know, it depends on what people are into. It could be a douchier version of Fangs. 
He seemed up for whatever. Way. First of all, it's a shaved fang, so that's pretty nice. And then, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. gross whoa. terminology. <laughs> what is a yeah, shaved fang? I'll have really... a shaved fangs, <laughs> please. please. Oh. <laughs> but Finn is his manager, and also they go back to the champagne room to have really great sex every night. So Kevin's yeah. all into that. Also, he gets to perform. It's not unusual on stage, and everybody Every, loves it. It really brings dream. another level to that song, you know. Hmm. And Veronica, Wait, what do you, what do you yeah, mean? Actually, what do you I mean, I that? was going to blast past that. But I have two questions. Pete. What is the first level of it's not unusual? And then what is the additional level that you think Kevin's performance is? Well, because to? he sold his soul. So it's kind of like this. He's trapped in this song. And there's this there's the line in it where he's like, you know, we're going to die. You know, there was like a brought oh, another okay. meaning to it. The song is about being in love, I believe. That's well, also... It's kind of being about trapped uh, when Kevin's singing it there in, in death. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry you're you're failing my class if that's your book report on that song. Uh, I first just a tip out of this Kevin sequence: if you were get presented a contract by anyone and it's mostly a picture, don't sign that contract. <laughs> if it's just a contracts, still. famously not a lot of artwork on them. Mm-hmm. If you see a real pretty contract. Someone's trying to screw you. I, whenever I do a contract for anybody, I write it in wingdings. So I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Oh, it's because you've been cursed by the same thing that Jughead had. (laughs) So you can only write in wingdings. Yeah. This is, I'm famous enough to be on a Riverdale, moderately successful Riverdale podcast. (laughs) Thank you for saying moderately. (laughs) Keeping it real. I don't know what a a wingding is. So I'm not sure what we're talking about. It's like a very saucy wing. It's the biggest insult. You wingding? Hey, wingding. Hey, what a bunch of wingdings in here. That's like an insult from a person. I like, thought it was when like I used to work construction, of... it was like, hey, you wingdings, get back to work. It's like, whoa, ease up with the language. The other thing about the Kevin thing, though, is I've had this theory based on barely I anything that like Kevin Sanskrit is behind. Wingding. Mm-hmm. Very similar, actually. You got yeah. it right. Okay. The that Kevin is behind everything somehow, mostly because he hasn't any lines the past couple of episodes. <laughs> I think this episode conclusively proves that that's not accurate. No, your um, shooting from the hip Kevin theory is not one hundred percent wrong. Absolutely. Yeah. But, but moving on to the Veronica Reggie stuff. So he did get some to rock some fun outfits, though. I mean, his performance outfit in the blue tie, you know, he was looking sharp. So at least when he was selling his soul, he got it that was a sing. fun outfit. I just want more for Kevin. Like, sure. Everybody but it was else great is having so much sing. fun. His it was great was... to hear him sing. It was a good yeah. performance. Very fun. But everybody gets more time than Kevin. Fags even got a funnier line than Kevin in this episode, I think. So it, it's a bummer. I just want more for him. But Veronica and Reggie. So Veronica is opening up the casino. She's going head to head with Alice in this episode, who is in a very funny way pushed into the sort of temperance role here, which I thought mm-hmm. was really enjoyable. Uh, but Reggie is all in on that crime life at the casino to the point that he sold not his soul, but Veronica's soul for a bunch of money to finish the casino, didn't tell her. And ultimately, by the end of the episode, after various performances and finagling, uh, Veronica ends up making this deal we mentioned for a soul week. And the first soul is Reggie's and he gets sucked into hell. Uh, But along the way, we also get to see Nick St. Clair sucked into hell. So that was a lot of fun, too. Yeah, that yeah. was fun. Uh, but it was also like I liked the way they kind of like started. It was like her talking about how legit things are and then him talking about how crooked things uh, are. That, that back was and such forth a great was, yeah, sequence. That was really enjoyable. Um, yeah, I mean, it was uh, it was sad to see them fall apart. And it was, you know, I was kind of disappointed in Reggie. Uh, but it kind of explains why Reggie's been acting so weird. Uh, like when you look back, it was like he got that backing of the money and afterwards he kind of was acting really weird towards Veronica. So you think that was something that was happening in the background in previous episodes? Exactly. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, Definitely was. I really don't think a lot of the actions from the previous episodes connect to these episodes. Otherwise, for example, somebody might mention that Tony turned into a ghost and uh, Betty has her baby now, maybe, or Fags does, unclear. Uh, there's a lot of things that, again, I think are like 
this anthology structure. So yeah, I appreciate you stories. making those connections, but I don't think they necessarily connect. Do you think, though, that like at some point, like even maybe like a janitor walking by could just be like, hey, R2 was cool. You know what I mean? Like just a little like, you know, what about a feel- title card? Just yeah, a title, title card, card would be good. Archie Cat's cool. fine. Archie cool. <laughs> Archie cool? Question mark? Yeah. Unclear. Uh, Jury's still out on that one. <laughs> this, uh, I thought this storyline was just super fun across the board. And I got to say up top, it was great. Despite the fact that Reggie had sold his uh, love's soul, I thought the, the man-Monica relationship is strong. How can you say that after this? <laughs> Oh, at the beginning, awful. at the beginning, I was like, "This oh, couple's okay. working." At the beginning, the yes. beginning, at the beginning of it, this couple's working. And honestly, throughout, Red, once Veronica finds out that he sold her soul, he's like, "Babe, I'm sorry, but I'll see you for dinner, though." Like they're still yeah. cool, yeah. And also, it's hard to come back. If it's hard to come back from that. I've been there. I've sold a couple of old girlfriend souls over my years Wait, so you what? know i bet this ah. happens you get into a mix that's how i know don't, don't sign a picture contract because oh, i've boy. signed a bunch of them uh, to <laughs> this be honest. is this is a hell of a thing to admit on a podcast a hell once of you a thing once you sell a soul it's hard to like have that not really be a big part of the relationship you know yeah mm-hmm. yeah it's gonna it comes up the in conversation a lot i understand yeah, yeah. i yeah, agree with you though they were very fun in this episode it was wild how much veronica was sticking by him throughout this but yeah she was fantastic yeah. and i love the exchange where veronica uh, reggie you says can trick the devil right yeah if anybody can beat the devil you can and she's like yeah i guess i could yeah i guess <laughs> yeah. you're right fine and she I'll is right it. yeah it's great again like with the tab with this stuff, it's nice to see them pay Veronica her due because first episode, she was very much like, ooh, I'm frustrated with Reggie. I guess I'll hit Archie with this rock. And it became a lot about them. The second episode, she was very, I don't even know what she was doing necessarily. But here, this is like we were talking about with Betty, an expansion on the character Veronica, where she is this badass boss and that's exactly what she shows here, tricking the devil, working with him ultimately. And like also, you pointed out, Justin, enjoying it by the end. Yeah, yeah. and also got went to one last number, you know. Mm-hmm. Speaking of a boss, it was a great performance, you know. Just, yeah, what was uh, that? Mary, Mary the, the Night, night by Mary Lady Gaga. Night. Mary, Mary. Uh, that was so funny. The way it was edited, it felt like she performed for one full hour, performed that song for so long. They kept cutting back to her being like, still, still dancing, marry yeah. the night. Uh, I love that. I loved everybody wearing the little devil horns during the dance or backup dancers. Very, very fun. Um, what else did you think about the story lab? What other moments jumped out to you? Well, let's talk about the um, the Nick St. Clair stuff. Mm. Uh, so that was very funny, whole, that whole thing. The fact that he's Senator St. Clair uh, was fun. And then when she's like, tell me your sins just to turn me on. And he's like, drink and drive a lot. Uh, three hit and runs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> unnecessary. Man. Oh, man, dude. <laughs> three. Somebody take that guy's car away. I mean, come on. Uh, I did oh. love... Uh, I was very trepidatious about Nick St. Clair coming back because he's such an absolutely gross character who never needs to be on the show. But by making him the worst human being alive and straight up, I thought that was a very fun way to bring him back into the mix. Yeah, because I know know you saw that picture a couple weeks ago or last week with Nick St. Clair and you were like, why would they bring him back? And I think they nailed it. This is the perfect Mm -hmm. way to bring him back without it being – Well, it was that kind of like – Oh yeah, I'll I'll make a deal. Don't worry, I'll offer you somebody who deserves it. And you're like, who could that be? And then it was like, oh, Nick St. Clair. And I yeah. love the twist there too. I thought that was really nicely done when they're toasting right afterwards, and he says, "Oh, oh right. well, I'll be back tomorrow." And her oh, being like, yeah. "What are you talking oh. about?" That was great. I didn't see that coming, but it made no. a lot of sense, and it worked really well for. Reggie for the place that he's at, like you're talking about. There's, I think, when she comes in right after that, he's like, "Oh crap!" <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, funny. that moment where he's like, "Oh shit, it's her." Yeah, like yeah, and she, she comes storming that through. That was great. Uh, and I think just to talk about that for a second, I feel like this show in Rivervale, especially this episode, is just ha- at peak fun. 
I'm curious how it's going to feel to go back to Riverdale after this event is over. Oh, I can't wait. Because the, clearly everyone who works on the show is having an absolute blast doing this. I wonder how they're going to be able to translate that fun energy over to more like canonical. I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. this is in canon, but like more of our sort of regular Riverdale. It's uh, going to be like a warm blanket. The thing that I was thinking about, and I don't know why it was this shot in particular that jumped out to me, but I love the shot of Betty on her rocking chair and just the creak back and forth as uh-huh. she's sitting in the fire. I thought that was really nice, just her nervousness and how tense she is. But that to me felt like, oh, this is a moment that could happen in regular Riverdale and everybody would be like, what is happening? But here it's totally consistent with the rest of the episode. Like, that's why I th- that's why I feel okay with the rest of the season is we're going to get those things, but you're also going to have more grounded things happening as well versus the batshit insane level that we are currently at with this show, but it's consistently at that level. So those things will still stick out. I think those things will still be fun and wild and crazy, and you'll still have a Edgar Edgar Dever in a evil Knievel suit flying away on a rocket, but then you'll also have heartfelt talks at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I I agree. It's just such a pleasure to be in the middle of this event. Yeah. Before we start to wrap up here, any other moments that you want to talk about in this episode? Anything you want to call out in particular? Uh, I have one. Um, So in Betty's storyline, when she's talking to her dad in hell, she asks the question that only he knows the answer to. Do you Mm. remember what the answer to it was? Was it Charleston Cheese on Route 18 or something like that? I thought she said Chowsy Cheddars. <laughs> it might be Chowsy Cheddars. <laughs> Honestly, I was like, what was that word? Those words? <laughs> and then she – it's just such a funny thing in this like high drama moment where she's like, the devil's real. My father's in hell. What am I going to do? And he's like, Chowsy Cheddars on Route 18? <laughs> I was like, that's, oh, that's the reference. I don't know. I don't know what that is. I don't know what those words mean. Is that a I real assumed, place? I took it as it's the River Vale version of Chuck E. Cheese is where he used to take her for her birthday. Yes. Um, I, I'd like but, to but talk. Chowsy Cheddars is definitely weird. It definitely threw me as well. I want to talk about, uh, you know, my favorite moment where it's Jughead working on his uh, typewriter, pretending to type as Tabitha's coming in the door. And then he was like, hey, how was your day? Oh, you know, the devil stopped by, you know. And then Jughead's first thing was like, oh, you think I can meet him? Is it cool if I meet him? You know, just like the unbelievable Jughead being like, I want to sit down with talk with the devil, too. It's the ultimate writer move to bail on doing actual work and be like, hey, can I meet the devil and maybe get a leg up on the business and not have to write right now? Uh, It was very true. I mean, this whole episode was sort of – it felt like it was about creativity and um, how we all want shortcuts (laughs) to get around having to work. Uh, And I think that's a fun theme for a television show to be about. The other thing that was interesting while we're talking about overall theme is how – Everybody was making these not small deals, but like not the biggest deals you possibly can. Nobody was asking for all the world's riches or to be a king or anything like that. Reggie just got a little bit of money to finish their casino and sold Veronica's soul for that. Uh, Jughead, same thing with the interview that he was going to publish in his school newspaper. Like that's not the biggest thing in the world. And the one that really jumped out to me was when Finn comes in and tells Kevin, you're going to head off on a six week run of the boy from Oz opposite Hugh Jackman. I was like, who else is in the boy from Oz? (laughs) Yeah. Hugh Jackman is the only one that matters. You're not even the second lead. You're like part of the ensemble probably. It's crazy to make a deal with the devil and still be working underneath Hugh Jackman. (laughs) (laughs) Like maybe you should take over, boy. Kick Jackman to the curb. Come on. You would want to be in a play with Hugh Jackman. Yes. I'm going to sell my soul. I think I've always found him to be too tall. He's too tall. (laughs) You're right. I'm going to sell my show to do a a show at uh, Stand Up New York. (laughs) A bringer show. Oh, yeah. I've, do, I just, I've done too many of those. You don't need to do any more of those. Yeah. One I just drink the minimum. I'll sell my soul for a one drink minimum instead of a two drink minimum. Oh, yeah. <laughs> my friends aren't drinking as much these days. I want to help them out uh, when I bring them in. Um, that was uh, very fun. 
All right. Uh, before we wrap up here, why don't we choose the MVP of the episode? Justin, why don't you go first? Who is oh, your MVP this I week? never go first. Um, I got to give it up for Veronica. I thought in a show where, like you were just saying, Alex, in the all world. The- in a show where all the characters get to be dumb and make stupid deals with the devil and like be themselves that feels they feel very real she gets to be the absolute boss of bosses beats the devil in this episode figures everything out and still also does a 1 hour long dance number that didn't seem important to her trick for the devil by the way <laughs> she, no, she just didn't have to do, to do that song See, the if she was going to die at the stroke of midnight she wanted to go out you know, at the end of her number. That's how she wants yeah, to die. The way she t- set it up was like, ooh, yes, tell Kevin he has to sit because I'm going to do this song and trick the devil. And she was like, no, I'm going to trick the devil and then unrelated do a song. <laughs> 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 so shouts to her. She's the she's the queen. And it's great. Great episode for her. Pete, what about you? Who's your MVP this episode? Well, you know, I want to say uh, Toffee because it's the elephant in the room that's getting bigger and bigger with each episode. Sorry, it's the uh, cat in the briefcase. I, I think what you meant. Not the briefcase that you're making. That's not big enough for animals. That's a horrible. <laughs> um, I'm, I'm talking very... about, of Flat. course, Betty, uh, who we got to see uh, kind of lose it. And, uh, you know, it's just it's hard to see her broken like that. But even when she's doing it, it's unbelievable. So I'll give it up to Tabitha this episode. I thought this was a really good one with her. And like I mentioned, I just want to see her in more storylines where she's doing her own thing or leading the storyline. And that's what we got here. I, I thought this was really nice. And one of my favorite Tabitha episodes so far. And folks, that is it. If you'd like to support the show and other shows, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. to Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out. We would love to chat with you about Riverdale or Rivervale. iTunes, Android, mm-hmm. Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe, listen, and follow the show at Riverdale Dark on Twitter, at Riverdale After on Instagram, Riverdale After Dark on Facebook, comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and many more. Until next time, we'll see you after dark. That's fine. <laughs> Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C., Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Mini Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.